With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel and podcast. We are back with another match reaction. The first match reaction which we have done in a little while, but what a match to start with. It is myself, your host, Chris, joined by Nickel, Ian and Daryl. Um, I'm going to just dive straight in with boys and one of the main talking points on the build-up to this game was going to be two positions. So we will talk about left-back soon enough. Um, but, Daryl, I come to you. Eddie Howe's playing an absolute blinder, lying through his teeth once again. Anthony Gordon was fit and ready to go. Honest Eddie, yeah. Honest Eddie. <laughs> Honestly. Um, you know, we've said this for a good while now, that you cannot believe a word he says in a presser. So, to be fair, it as much as it came as a surprise, it wasn't as big a surprise as it could have been. Um, I mean... Does he like instruct Anthony Gordon to go out in crutches just to put everybody off and scent or something? You know what I mean? I, I don't get it. Um, but you know, he came, he came in, he started, and he had a blinder as well. Um, he did really well during the game, um, and contributed really well as well. So you know, hey, just don't believe anything Eddie says. I think you've nailed it. Absolutely nailed it, mate. Um, it is something which we've, we've grown used to as a fan base now, and and it's worked both in our fear and against our fear that Ian, uh, where Eddie Howe will, will say, our oh, players due back for an injury, then God knows what happens. A couple of months, it, it's delayed by. So it, it has gone against with, but like 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 Daryl's just said, it, it was it was great to see Gordon because I was a little bit worried with Isaac and Gordon missing, allegedly, that we would struggle in this game. And it's always good to have Gordon on the team sheet. Yeah, I thought um, I, I was the same as you. I, I didn't quite know who would fill that void. Obviously, Barnes has just come back, but you don't want to just rush him back. So it would have probably left you with Murphy and, and Armour on, and I don't know how effective they would have been. But yeah, it was it was uh, 
It was a really nice, nice surprise. The only thing that I'm foaming about is that I took Eddie Howe's word as gospel and left him on my bench in the FPL. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see him. And, and just to echo what Daryl said, I thought the first half, I thought he was the standout player for me. And I think it's sort of been a sort of it's shadowed what what he's been like all season. He's he's been sort of out and out performer of the season for me. Um, was switching. I think Cher was having it, and he was switching. Switching the play to Gordon and his first touch, and then he's driving runs to to get at them. I thought was was really really good, and it, it was causing them some bother as well. So, like you say it was uh, really nice to see him on the team sheet. Uh, Nickel, you were on the match preview as well. What was your prediction for this game? Um, I said I said two two, so I wasn't too far off. Um, luckily, we got a, a goal on the right side of that. But uh, at half time, I was thinking, oh, I might be right here. But uh, there was always going to be probably more goals in that second half. So, yeah, hundred percent. And um, so we said we're going to talk about the left back position, but I, I just wanted to to put that to one side for the time being, and, and we'll, we'll talk about it towards the end of the podcast. Uh, but Daryl, great start by the lads, uh, Bruno. What a finish! It's something which we've clearly been working on in in training set pieces. Um, it looked like. Trips had lost it at one point. It looked like he was about to get tackled, but it's a pinpoint ball into the just the the, the back post, really the 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 edge of the six yard box and the space that Bruno runs into, and the finish from him on the volley just to tuck it into the right hand side of the goal was phenomenal, mate. It uh, was an absolutely fantastic finish, and I would point of reference for anybody watching or listening to this is if you go back to the Brentford game at home at the start of last, well, I say at the start, it was in October, but in October of last season when we beat them 5-1 and you will see a near carbon copy of that goal. So it's a routine we have used to success before, albeit this time, as you rightly say, Trippier was nearly cut off. Um, it required Anthony Gordon to put in a bit of a block on, I think it was hudson Adoy was closing him down at that point, yeah. but he got his foot on it and it was a perfect cross right into the, right into the, you know, he dipped it right into that space at the back post that was left free and Bruno was just you know, he had the freedom of the whole city and Nottingham, to be honest, to to take his time. And he, do you know what it is? To to hit that first time in the way he did with the outside of his foot, it just it just had Matt Sells on the floor and he buried it in that bottom corner. It was lovely to see. That that was a strange one to see as well, wasn't it, Ian? Matt Sells being in goal for Forest. And <laughs> I'm not sure if you've watched the, the the highlights back through the Newcastle channel on YouTube, uh, the one where, where Razor and Anderson are commenting on. Razor was having Matt Sells' life right the way through. He's just griefing him from start to finish. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but that'll definitely be on the watch list. Now, I'd, I'd, yeah, I thought when just a complete sidestep, I thought that was the strangest transfer of the window. Like, I remember mm. when he was at us, I thought he was dreadful. Like, he didn't command his box, his hands were made of paper, which we'll touch on in our last goal. Um, and I thought they've got two fairly decent keepers as well, but. Uh, yeah, bizarre one, but it's uh, it's worked to our favour. I, I would Matt Sells is the one. It was a pre-season where where he dropped the ball. Was it pre-season where where he just dropped it? Am I thinking of a completely different keeper? I think you might be right. I can't I can't quite remember that far back, but I think you might be right. I'm sure it was he probably where, where he dropped probably it done dropped it in a player. in a league game as well. Uh, probably, probably. Uh, but yeah, um, it was an absolutely fantastic uh, finish by Bruno, uh, Ian. It, it was was great to see Bruno's second goal of the season, I, I believe that one was. Um, obviously, we'll get on and he does score another one later on in the game. Um, but it only took 15 minutes for Forrest to get back into the game. And 
this is where I probably want to touch on on the left back position mm. again, once again, because very similar to the game against Luton, you could see which side was going to be targeted, uh, and it, it's becoming a bit of an Achilles heel for us right now. And they had a chance earlier on, um, Alanga, where it was very very similar, where he just beats Dan Byrne in a foot race, and it's always going to happen. We know that's going to happen. It's just how well we recover from that instance and, and how well Debravka had done. The first instant, Debravka does really well. He, he makes a great save. Um, second one, Alanga's movement is is fantastic. I can't deny that. You expect him to go on the byline and, and go around the outside, um, but he just cuts in the last minute and just runs centrally. Obviously, past Dan Byrne, I think, is, is a Botman, that's alongside him comes as well. across the cover, yeah. Um, yeah. Dubravka runs off his line in, and this is something which we we'll have been quite harsh with Dubravka saying that he, he doesn't come off his line quick enough. He tries it, and it's straight through his legs. Yeah, it's a, there's a there's a bit of I wouldn't say comedy errors, but there's a bit of um, fault for for the the whole setup. I think the the first chance that they had was. I think Morgan gives weight where he puts it just past the post, and a couple of us were saying, "Oh, Cher uh, was at fault for that chance." And um, there was a couple of us saying, "Debravka should have come and got it," and that's what we miss Nick Pope about. But then to touch on the two Alanga uh, chances, the the first one where Debravka actually pulls off the save. If you watch Dan Burn, he, he is starting ahead of him, but his body position he's caught far too square onto the play, and Dan Burn isn't the most agile of fellas. Um, so he's he's turning circle. That's what we're putting. It <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be very diplomatic because you know what it is. I absolutely love Dan Byrne. I think he, mm. he's he's a class. He seems like a class bloke, and and for all it's worth, he he, he did do a, a class job. in sort of since he's come in, it's just been sort of since that injury, he's, he's tapered off in terms of his form and his his performances. But yeah, he gets caught a little bit square on, and Debravka does very well. Um, their actual goal, so. It comes from, I think it comes from a really good, we're in a really good position. Miggy's got it and I can't remember if it was Sky Sports or, or Match of the Day. Um, but they were the highlighting that Longstaff goes to make a run sort of in, in the Longstaff channel, um, as it's as affectionately known. And rather than Miggy cutting in, which I think he should do, he tries to put a ball down the line Is and it? it's poor passing. They clear it, and because of that, you've got Bruno and Longstaff completely out of position. Miley is then caught between sort of going to the ball and and trying to fill that sort of space. And um, I think it's Hudson Odoi just. It is Hudson Odoi. Hudson Odoi, yeah. You've got Alanga running against the slowest defence in the league yeah. as well, which is, is scary. And like like you say, it's he, he sort of like curves his run, not not massively, but it's just slightly enough to throw Dan Byrne off the scent. And obviously he's he's trying to run. I'll, I'll put at pace in quotations. Um, he just doesn't deal with it. And then obviously you see Dubravka try and read it, and it's just a little toe punt through his legs. Um, I was thinking if if Dubravka stays on his line, does does that goal happen? But I think it still happens. I think looking at it, he's ahead of both Byrne and Botman. So. But like you say, it's we're targeted time and time again after that as well, um, and it's it is just unfortunate. But I think at the minute, Dan Bird is the weak link in, in that defence. Um, and touching back on what Bestie said on Monday night, it's it's a combination of things where you don't have Pope sweeping up. You, you've possibly lost that yard or two of what little pace that he had, um, and you're getting no protection from the midfield, which is which is where all the the sort of targeting's coming from. 
I think the issue probably is that the midfield and and with Jolin not being in there as well, a huge impact. He's a massive that, that, miss, yeah. Yeah, huge miss for us. Uh, what Jolin does, it, it just, I, I was going to say unsung hero, but but he's not. Everybody knows what he brings mm. to the table, Jolin. And with him not being there, then yes, that left hand and side and that left hand flank, it's, it's going to be targeted a lot more. Um, it, it just is what it is. Um, hopefully. It, it, it stops um, because it is becoming a bit of a worry. Yes, it wasn't massively this game because we did go on to get that result um, and then three points which which were needed. But it could have ended a lot differently. Um, what I was going to say, Daryl, that the, the move by Alanga was, was very much like a, a move which you would see in Formula 1 where he's just in the <laughs> slipstream of Dan Byrne yes. and he just tucks it, goodbye, and just tucks yeah, it and he's away. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, we all knew the, the threat that he would provide with his pace. And it's not just him in that team. Hudson Adoy and Morgan Gibbs why have that ability as well. Um, and another thing that was mentioned in the build-up to that goal was how Lewis Miley had been caught square to the ball in the build-up to that goal, which then released Morgan Gibbs why to put the ball through for Alanga. Um, and I think part of the problem that we have is that because of the way we try to attack and press, is that we don't give the defence enough cover. So at that point, when Miley gets caught, it's literally like the three the three centre backs. As you have to refer to it in that in that point in the game is you had your Fabian Shea, and Dan Byrne who were tucked in. So there's your three centre backs. They were the last line of defence, and as we have already mentioned, probably the slowest in the league. Um, and they get caught out, and like you say. It's the way that Ilanga just his movement is so frightening for for that um, slow paced defence is one way or the other way so quick so so quick and then all of a sudden like you say he gets caught in the slipstream and then as the ball's now coming through the middle he just darts inside a little bit and then he ends up in between Botman and Byrne and they just can't catch him and we mentioned Martin Dubraka before and like you say that very early chance for Morgan Gibbs right I. You can see when you watch it back that Fabian Shea is gesturing to Dubravka to come and clear this ball and he stays on his line and then Shea suddenly finds it where, you know, I think it's Morgan, uh, not Morgan, it's Hudson Adoy is then suddenly in behind mm. and, you know, they get caught. Um, and then with the Alanga chance as well, he does a great job to get down and block that shot. And I think that's what he's trying to do for the goal. However, because he's so far out, he then eliminates the use of his hands in any way, shape or form, because you know what would happen if it hit a hand in that point. Mm. Um, and he does try to hit the deck, but it's just so quick for Milanga that it's through his feet and it's into the bottom corner. Um, I often, well, I've been thinking back since that if he'd actually stayed on his line at that point, would it have been a goal? I mean, nine times out of ten, probably, but I think he would have stood a better chance of stopping the shot if he'd have just stayed in his box or on his line. Um, and... It was interesting as well from a tactical point of view. We noticed this up until the point where we actually scored the goal and then for whatever reason it reverted for a time, was that when we were pressing and attacking, that we actually went to that back three. And at a time, it was either Kieran Trippier had stepped into partner Miley in midfield as the sitting midfielders, or on the, the next occasion, it was Longstaff was sitting in partner Miley and Kieran Trippier suddenly ended up wide right where Miggy would normally be. And Miggy had tucked into a 10. And we did that quite fluidly throughout that opening part of the game. And it really worked quite well because it sort of snuffed out Forrest trying to break out from the back. But again, on those occasions where we all decided to press forward in midfield and forward line all going together, it just left a hole and Forrest mm -hmm. were there to exploit it. 
Yeah, the, the the game obviously between the our uh, the the equaliser and our second, it, it was quite end end at times as well. Um, it was frightening, obviously, how fast Forest could could hit us on the break. Um, but once again, that's probably the the lack of that number six role, which, which we'll have obviously in recently. Just obviously, as soon as you find that pocket of space, you're away. Then we know for fine well get that pocket of space, throw it down our left hand side. You know that's going to happen every single time. Um, but it was Newcastle that 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 take the lead and, and take it a two one. And I, I just want to touch on a couple of things before we get the second one. Um, Fabian is is obviously fouled uh, by it's Yates, isn't it? Who who yeah. made how he escaped fouled thousand oh, fouls. He didn't even get a book. Like even in the first twenty minutes, I I totted up. It was like mm. I think four or five fouls. Like should have had one of them blue cards that everyone's on about. <laughs> well, we'll talk about a blue card very soon. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, but once again, if you go and listen back to the to the highlights on, on the, the YouTube channel, um, John Anderson is once again going wild at Yates. He's just saying, how has he not been in the book yet? Um, and that was obviously following the challenge which he, he makes on Fabian the first time around, which we get the free kick from. Um, Daryl, it, it's our second of the game, and, and it is... Fabian, who who looked like he had a point to prove after picking up that that that, that challenge, um, and I just want to appreciate that the header that comes back in from Botman, Botman just I'm not sure if he means this or just sure look, <laughs> but there is just that tiny once again just a little pocket of space over towards the other side of the six yard box, and Botman just like a cushion header just knocks it in, and Fabian once again it's on the half volley, almost yeah. it's on the volley, I think it's on the half volley, it bounces just before. And he just tucks it. Great finish once again. And and do you know what it is? A lot of people were worried that uh, with Wilson's injury record and, and Isaac being fit, and obviously we've got the, the issue at left back with Dan Byrne, I've solved it all. I've <laughs> solved it personally. All you need to do is move Dan Byrne into centre-back, bring Tino in at left back, get Fabian, play him up top. He's fantastic. <laughs> he's I tell fantastic, you what, mate. He, he's a hell of a natural finisher, isn't he? And it, it doesn't have to be a rake from distance. It can be a, a lovely cushion finish like that. The two finishes against Aston Villa as well come into play there as well. Um, and I just love that he's able to score so many goals from the position he plays. It's such an extra threat that we have. Um, and like you say, the, the the header across from Botman, it, it just there was a nice bit of synergy there. It's like his partner assisted him with a goal in defence, you know what I mean? So, And we knew going into the game that Forrest would struggle with set pieces and those first two goals came from such. Um, and that second one, you have to really hammer home how badly they defended that because they allowed it to bounce before it even gets to the bottom. Nobody's able to clear it first time. And it's that, if it was us defending like that, I'd be absolutely raging. Like, I mean, you, you cannot let a ball bounce like that in that position. And especially when we've got the height that we have, Obviously, we didn't win that first that first ball, but because it bounces and, and bounces so high, we we have the advantage to win that second ball. And like you say, a lovely cushion header across, and just to, oh, the hit it really did. It was just buried it in the bottom corner. It was lovely, so lovely, lovely. lovely to see. And, and Ian, uh, Newcastle fans are cloud nine at this point, going into half time two one up against Forest. And in typical Newcastle United fashion, um, 46 or 46, oh, in fact, it would be more than that. It was 51. quite late. It was because it was five minutes 50? added. Yeah. 50, 51 five, minutes, yeah. Five minutes added on. It was just after that five minutes, the equaliser comes. And it's it's a shame. It's a huge deflection. Um, Dubravka's already made his move to go to the left-hand side, or his left-hand side. And um, it's Hudson and Doy, isn't it, that, that has the strike. And it clips off Miley. 
and just sails to Dubravka's right-hand side. There's literally nothing that he can do as a goalkeeper at that point. But it's just a shame that once again, it's just conceding a goal in, in a ridiculous time of a, a football match. It's just really frustrating. Like I was saying in the group chat, just get into half time ahead. See if you need to make any changes because time and time before that, like you say, they were just attacking the, the left-hand side. And for all it's worth, I thought Dan Byrne, the second half, was a lot more solid, uh, yeah, giving him his dues there. Um, I mean, a couple of decent sliding challenges yeah. as well. And I thought he was, he was obviously, he's about nine foot tall, um, which helps. But I thought he was solid in the air as well. But yeah, it's just it's just an absolute gut punch. Like the only criticism of that one, I think, because you can see Miley's he's trying to get sort of out of him. But it's not like one of those ones where they dangle the leg, which I hate. I think we've seen that maybe, he's, I think it was Brighton where Cher did it for one of Evan Ferguson's goal. He just sort of puts his body there, but doesn't really like close him down I think if he it's like a continu- challenge isn't it yeah I think if he continued to close him down it just it gets drilled straight into him and, and it doesn't come off him um, but again I don't want to throw shade on Lewis Miley he's, he's 17 years old like he's played about 20 odd games more than he should at this point um, and he, he, he's young so you, you'll learn from that but yeah it was just just really frustrating to go in at level I thought maybe he's on the balance of play I think it was probably deserved. I think yeah. for the first 20 minutes of that first half, I think we looked so in control. Like I know Forrest was sitting a little bit deep and notoriously we've struggled with that of late. Um, but I think even opening them up, we were, were creating sort of chances where we could have got a shot off or like played a ball through. So um, yeah, it was just, just frustrating. And then they come out the second half and I thought, to be honest, in the second half, they were the much, much better side. But mm. I think they were lucky to come come out with 11 players. I think that Ryan Yates challenge on share. So that was is... just before the equaliser. Yeah. Just before the equaliser. And because you can see after after we concede that goal, Fabian is on the deck and he is not happy. Um, he's having to go at the referee at this point saying like... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like, where's the free kick? And I did put a a poll on uh, Twitter at half time about that challenge as well. And obviously we'll, we've had the discussions about, about blue cards going into play uh, mm. at some point, which apparently is, is, is being obviously stopped and delayed now. Um, but that, Thank God. that's for a whole different day. Um, so I did put on um, Twitter on social media saying, was that a red card? There was over 1,300 votes on it. And 53% said no, and 47% said yes. So that's how split the decision was on it, Daryl. What was your thoughts? Because I thought it was a bit nasty. 
Do you know what it is? And I could be wrong here, but I don't think we got a second look at it, did we? They never really showed a replay of it on TV. Um, yeah, so, and I would so have we, liked to have seen it again. A look. Um, I think there was one one after it, um, mm. but then obviously VR check every single incident yeah. which happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, in real time, you think, oh, he's caught him quite badly there. And like I say, I would have loved to have seen it again just to see exactly how that played out because when you see it on the one-off and it it just absolutely drops share and you think, well, you know, he's done so much so far during the game as yet and he's got away with so much, then why hasn't he seen seen some sort of punishment for it anyway at that point? Whether it's a yellow or red is relevant. He should have really seen some sort of punishment for that. It's at least um, a foul. At least uh, a foul. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it was really strange and, you know, Anthony Taylor is one of the better, well, supposedly one of the better referees in, in the league and there seemed to be, it, that wasn't the only thing he seemed to miss against Forest last night and it was a bit strange and, but you all, like say, you all four referees Daryl, to, to let the, the, the game flow naturally yeah. and, and, and not brandishing a yellow card as soon as it possibly can. But it was getting to that point where you're thinking, hang on, something, something needs to happen. Very similar to what we saw in the derby as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the, the yellow cards were, were just firmly in the, the referee's pocket for, for a long time. Um, but then when that challenge went in on, on, on Fabian and Ian, I thought it has to be at least at least a foul and a yellow card. Def- yeah. Then when I saw it back, I thought, actually, he's quite lucky that, that to not get a red card because you have seen those given. I think what saves him is I don't think there's a follow-through with his other foot. I think he literally mm. he goes in high. For me, it's definitely a yellow card. The only thing I can think of that, that has stopped the ref making the decision is Cher's reaction. So... If mm. if I'm I might be wrong, but I'm fairly certain he keeps the ball and he's he's just limping with it. Whereas yeah, if he goes go down, down yeah, if he goes down and makes makes a little bit more of a um sort of a meal of it, you could argue that he he, he changes his mind, he goes in the book, whether that's yellow or red. But it was a, a pretty nasty challenge, like um yeah, I thought that was probably one of many things the ref got wrong. I think he was just letting far too much, like you say, letting far too much go. Um, which brings me, if, if I can just quickly jump to it, the their penalty shout in the second mm. half. So initially, I thought he's looking for it. Um, I thought I thought there was maybe a trip with Botman, but he, Botman just gets his stud to the ball. And I think it's... It, it, a warning, I think you could pronounce it. He is stumbling, and I think, oh well, he's just looking for contact because he can see Debravka go down. So that was my first, my first thought. And all yesterday, I was thinking, nah, it's, it's not a penalty. I've watched it back, and there's an angle like it's quite far back, and it's from behind the goal, mm. and you can see Debravka's arm come up and reach for it. So I personally, I can see it. If it was given, I don't think it gets overturned. Um, but I can also see, based on the images that we seen at VAR were checking, I can see why it's not given. But I can appreciate why Forrest would feel massively aggrieved with that yeah. one. Yeah, just just to throw my opinion in there as well. I, I'm I'm the same as you, Ian. Um, I think Debravka goes down, then obviously doesn't make contact. Then it looks like he's on bounces off the deck in an instant reaction. He, he puts his hand up again. And that's obviously where where the contact comes in. I think at that point the ball's probably far too gone anyway mm. for 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 Forrest to, to to do anything with it at that point. But having said that, it doesn't really make a difference where the ball is um, on, on the fielder in the box. If that was the other way around, and, and this is how I judge every sort of challenge and thing like that, if that was the other way around, I'm screaming for a penalty all day long. What's your thoughts, Daryl? 
Yeah, exactly the same. And I thought that Forrest were very desperately unlucky not to get that penalty. But again, when you like, like Ian said, when you see the footage back and you just look at all the different angles, Awani's already stumbling mm. from the miscontrol in the first place. And then it's almost as if so he sort of he sort of gets the he gets the control of the ball and then Botman comes in and, and takes a nick on it with his foot in his tackle. And Awani's already off balance at this point and he suddenly seems to stop. Like there's a sudden slowdown in his movement. And then all of a sudden, he realises that Braca is suddenly ahead of him. And then all of a sudden, you sort of see him step forward. And that's where he appears to leave his left foot in. It's a dangling leg, isn't it? He does. He leaves it dangling and hoping for the contact to then win the penalty. Um, and, and do you know what it is? We, we, we can't badmouth them for doing that. Because no, we see absolutely not. Gordon do it. Excellent yeah. games a game. He's, yeah. he's an expert at Gordon doing it. If, if that's us in the same position, and we know for fine well, we're not getting to that ball and the chance is gone. Gordon... 10 out of 10 times, he does exactly the same. But chances mm-hmm. are, Gordon probably wins the penalty. We've seen it so many times this season as well. Um, penalties, yeah. free kicks, whatever it may be. Gordon's very, very good at doing it. So I can't sit here and criticise a player yeah. for doing it because we do it just as much as everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. What, absolutely. what disappointed me the most about that was it was literally just a ball from the, their keeper. And yeah. our, I think our centre-halves were so far apart. And to be honest, I think we did struggle with that, Awoni's physicality. There was a couple of times in the first half where Cher just got absolutely bossed through, through mm. sheer strength. Um, but yeah, that, that was the, the disappointing thing. Like like I've said, if if it gets given a penalty, I don't think it gets overturned and it's not a penalty. Um, and like you said, if if that's Newcastle, if that's Callum Wilson, you, you're screaming for a penalty. So I, I do think we've, we've got lucky there. Mm. Um, but then obviously the way the game transpired, we, we sort of took full advantage of that, which was good to see, I thought, because... Mm. Of late, we've we've really not managed games well. Whether that be sort of substitutions, whether that be mm-hmm. tactics. Whereas I think we're, we did do a lot better. And, and credit to Eddie how he, he he has learned from his mistake against Luton in previous games. Um, and obviously we'll, we'll touch on the third goal if you want to run through that. Yeah, so so third goal co- comes out of nothing other than a Newcastle high press once again. Um, it, it's a mistake from the back from Forrest. And Bruno, Bruno's not the quickest in the world as well. We we know that. But he, he, his, he's one step ahead of, of the Forrest players at that point. He knows that he can get this ball. And it, it's a lazy pass. It, it's a lazy pass out. And Bruno just picks it up. And my God, Daryl, what a finish. Like, he just tucks that into the corner. Helps out Matt Sellers in goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, there's so many factors that lead up to that goal that it just it just goes to show that the old adage of what our philosophy is is intensity, mm. and um, and the the way it builds in is that lazy pass that you mentioned is heading towards Morgan Gibbs White. Now Morgan Gibbs White, as we know, is such an exceptional player. However, on this occasion, it, yeah. on this occasion, he doesn't even know where Bruno is. Doesn't expect Bruno to come in from nowhere and, and nick it off his feet. So he's just stood there. He's not. Ex- he's not anticipating anything around him at this point, apart from this ball's coming to me. I'm going to take this ball and turn and run. And then Bruno just suddenly nicks in over his left shoulder and, and steps in front of him, wins the ball. And Morgan gives way at this point. It's flat-footed, so he's not coming back to retrieve anything off that. And then there's a great, great block on the defender coming out by Dan Byrne at this yeah. point, just to hold off, which gives Bruno even more space, and he just. Takes a just, step, sets himself up, and just bends it around two defenders in the bottom corner. Such I think that's, that's the best thing about it uh, as well, Ian. It's it's a fact that Bruno is so composed. Um, he, he opens his body up, and like Daryl said, he just bends that 
that round, uh, the, the two players that he needs to. He's got a tiny space to aim at. And anywhere else, it's probably going to get saved, let's be honest with you. I think Cells does get a slight touch on it. Um, yeah. Can't, hand, yeah. Can't, can't stop it. It's just a, such a great finish. No, it is. And I think that was sort of indicative of, of the role he was playing yesterday because I thought he was playing a little bit further forward than what he usually plays. And mm. and I think that's massively, massively benefited. We were seeing last season... Um, he had that little run of form where I think I think it might have been the Brentford game. There was a, a game not far after that, might have been Southampton, where he was picking the ball up in that area, sort of cutting inside and, and bending it in, in that corner that he favours. But um, I thought he was tremendous yesterday, and I think I think after the game he said that he was he was lucky that he was playing because he must had an illness or something, and he had to. Sure, he said he had the shits or something, so he was knackered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I much, much preferred him in the role he played yesterday. And as Daryl was saying, that was helped by the fact that Trippier was just sort of sitting with Miley on occasion. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good finish. It's it's nice to see him on the score sheet because he, I think, as best he said yesterday, I think that's the only kit that he scored in this season. Yeah. Um, that being said, that's because he's been sort of his hands been forced to play in that sort of number six, yeah. which we know he's not. He does a job, but he's not a natural number six. Um, he's much more suited in the role that he was playing yesterday. But it was it was good to, to then hang on to the the, the three points because yeah. obviously there's there's been occasions where we've either been leading or we've we've been sort of drawn the game and then we've we've not managed it well and we've not managed to sort of sit further and further back and mm. start to look like that. But then how? Again, like he did against Villa, recognised that that's what was happening and made those changes to to see the the three points out. Which, like I say, it, it's it just shows that how he's capable of learning. Because I have been a little bit critical of him lately in terms of his his sort of decision making during games and and during situations mm. like that. So it was nice to see, and then obviously topped off with with three points on the road again. I think the main question is is Daryl, and yes, it, it's great what Ian's saying that that we'll manage to hold on to the game and see it out because we have struggled at times this season to do that, um, especially backs against the wall as well situations mm-hmm. we have struggled. Um, it, it's great to get three points. Of course, it's always great to get three points, and and I think that put up to seventh in the Premier League at that point. Um, obviously things may change, I believe, uh, with, with the games going on at the moment. Um, but the main question, Daryl, is did Bruno do more celebrations this time? Than what he did last time because he had a few in the bag again. Like, he had a few. Oh, he, he was trying to fit them all in, wasn't he? Every time, um, <laughs> he was going, I think, for each goal, there was well, for the first one, I think there was two or three, and then in the in the highlight of the second one, there's another two or three, and then at the full time, when he's over to the crowd, there's about another four, five, six. <laughs> he's, he's pulling out every single one, he's repping like when you just bash the, the control, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> expecting um, him to do his Daryl's ham, hamstring pull. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's just doing all that, and you know what it is fair play to him for playing it up to the crowd like this. Mm. You know, the, I think in the aftermath, like in the post match when Sky were talking to him, it felt like they were trying to catch him out with the line of that questioning, and he was really, you know, he did really well to to interpret it in a better way and to try and get it across in his own words. Was I've missed this, Daryl. You're going to have to highlight me because I've missed it. I've seen so, the interview after the game. Post, Post-match, um, for whatever reason, Sky decided to focus on everything that went on in the transfer window about his future and right, okay. things like that. And then it led to Bruno saying, well, our aim now is to qualify into a European competition um, in the, like, at the end of the season um, and we'll do everything for it. And 
he, he was asked about why he did the, the celebration like that. Mm. And it was to say, he basically said, that's a message to the fans to not listen to anybody else talking about him and his future and, and his aims and to listen to what he has to say. And it is it such a, really strange, a strange way of questioning that because like, like we'll just highlighted, Bruno does about 10 celebrations. He's done that celebration well before the transfer mm-hmm. window rumours had started. Like, are you going to sit and question every sort of celebration that he does? Because you'd be there, it'd be another 90 minutes on top of that. <laughs> But yeah, it was really weird that they seemed to push that narrative. I thought it was very strange considering the transfer window ended a couple of weeks ago. So looking um, for a headline. That's what they're, they're looking for. They are. Now. They're looking for a headline. They're looking for something. They're looking to try and catch him out in the same. Well, I don't know what my future holds, etc. Well, he made it quite clear in, in, in what he said. He said he loves us and he, he appreciates the love that he gets from us. And his future, as far as he's concerned, is with us to to push on and, and take the club forward. So mm. I was really pleased that he said that. Um, and you know, just just to push back as well, we're talking about pushing Bruno's position further up the pitch. There was something Eddie Howe said in the aftermath of the game against Luton, where he said it towards the end of that game, he pushed Miley back into the sixth role and was really impressed with how he dealt with it. So I'm just beginning to wonder if this is going to be something that Eddie then tries to use going forward and that will then free Bruno up to go forward and be more of an influence in how we build up our attacks. Yeah. So... It's 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 a great game to, to get the three points, Ian. Uh, we have Bournemouth coming up at the weekend um, as well. Hopefully, another decent performance, another three points on the board then. It's Arsenal the week after, I believe. Mm. Um, so so next week is, is, is crucial um, to, to hold our position in, in obviously and push for those European spots. Um, but it's, it's looking a lot better now. I think we'll just have to say that. We went through a bit of a patch where I think everybody was a little bit worried that it wasn't even going to be a top 10 finish. <laughs> but fingers crossed, we've seen the turning point in the last couple of games. I think we do need to focus on the defence quite a bit. I think that compared to, to last season, though there was a stat which Sky had put on about the goals concede. But at this point this season, I think it was, was a Seven. So yeah. this this point last season was fifteen, and this that same after the same amount of games, thirty seven. Which mm. I guess you 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 have been missing players from sort of the odd game or two, and you've not had mm. that collective back five. But for the majority, I'd say maybe since Pope's injury, you've had a settled back four, back five that you are leaking goals. But to caveat that as well, I'm sure they said that the expected goals that we should be conceding is like so much more than we actually are so i think Martin expected Debra- goal prevention or something yeah like, like they're just Peter's. making up stats now. Oh, like but it's, it's shown that debravka has a shot because again he was questioned when he came in in december he did sort of there was a couple of goals where he was probably at fault for but yeah i think rusty. he's performed performances against liverpool man city um he has shown that he is he is sort of still capable of doing that but yeah, de- definitely defensive. Defensively, that there needs to be sort of something done because we are cons- like just leaking goals. Um, just to end it on a positive as well, Daryl. I think yes, we're, we're all worried about the striker situation. Callum Wilson. It just seemed like yesterday everything that touched him bounced off him. He just mm-hmm. couldn't get a control of anything that came towards him. And I'm a, I'm a big Callum Wilson fan, but just yesterday wasn't his game. Um, he's like injured. We don't really know. The, the extent of that because once again just go back to the point at the start Eddie Howe just lies through his teeth when it comes to how, how fit the player is <laughs> and injury concerns um, but we mentioned this on, on Monday night's show just gone 
that it's great to see goals come from every position on the field once again. Bruno's on the score sheet now, getting his second and third of the season. Obviously, Fabian on a goal-scoring streak, as it would seem. Um, <laughs> it, it's good to see those goals coming from everywhere else when we're solely right now can't rely on strikers. Yeah, absolutely. And it was one of the key features of last season as well. We were able to get goals from all over the park. And, and you think I'd be interested to see just how many or how it compares to last season about the number of different goal scores that we've had this season. Well, that Sheffield um, game helped. <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, goodness me, it put everybody in, didn't it? Um, but it, it is, it's such a refreshing thing to see. It's like, you don't have to go that far back in our history to realise that we were relying on, what, three three players to get all the goals forward. Um, and, you know, you've got everybody in midfield yesterday has scored this season. Um, the three of the back four have scored this season, or all four of the back four have scored this season. Um, at least once and then obviously everybody across the front line has got a goal as well so there's goals across the team um, and that includes the lads on the bench as well you know Harvey Barnes has got a couple now already um, and he's spent most of the season injured as well so there's a lot of positives to take and obviously we've still got a couple of lads to come back from injury as well and you know we know what Joe Willock's capable of and hopefully he'll be back soon and uh, well doesn't go without saying about Alexander he's like I don't even have to mention anything about him apart from his name um, so it is. It is really good to see, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes going forward. Um, and those that are all listening to the audio, just in case you are worried, Nickel did drop off at the start of this. <laughs> um, just if you've been thinking that that Nickel gets quite quiet, um, he's, he's in connection, dropped off at the start of this. Um, just to end it as well, I just want to say, um, people. If you did watch the the match uh, preview, you would have saw Andy was on there. Um, Andy managed to <laughs> to make it down the forest. And if you haven't seen the video of Andy in the Nottingham Forest home end celebrating um, at the end of full time, go and find it because it's absolutely amazing. And um, he was spotted by a couple of the Newcastle fans um, in, in the way end that had zoomed in on him, just dancing his his, his little socks off, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Know, I suddenly get Honestly, messing them first thing this morning, saying, "Me, yeah, I absolutely love that." As it was like a, <laughs> like a proud dad moment for me, just seeing him there dancing. <laughs> but yeah, thanks, boys. It's been a pleasure. It's always great to talk about Newcastle United victory, um, especially obviously a little bit of revenge uh, on Forest as well. What they did to us at St James's Park. Um, been a pleasure. I'll be back uh, on Monday night for the All with Smiling Faces podcast, which is live at ten past eight with myself, Bestie, Mark, and Degger. I'm sure there'll be fireworks on there once again. And the magic words. And the magic words. The magic words will be back as well. Uh, Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.